and we are live, I believe. Hello and welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I am your host, Dan Donahue. Um, this is this is my way of being able to talk to some of you. And, uh, you know, sometimes it goes great. And the people in the chat are very receptive, very excited, very adamant about wanting to get their problem solved, wanting to say hello, wanting to praise the podcast and tell me they enjoy it. And that's always great. But if the opposite occurs, if the people in the chat go feral, if the people listening start throwing their phones out the window in mass, if there is a revolt against the dancers podcast you know that would be exciting too and i would not shy away from that i would accept it with full uh full accountability and full openness that's how i feel a couple of things up top in the uh in the bio of this there is a link to my link tree in that link tree there are tickets to des moines and tickets to a show i'm doing in the oc And if you don't want to join either of those, you can also check out the uh, YouTube, Spotify. And if you're a super fan, you can check out the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get a free, exclusive, extra episode of Dancers every single week. And also, I'm just more adamant to talk to you there because there's less people. And uh, it's just really nice to have my own thing. It supports me touring. It supports me buying little outfits. Okay? It supports all of the most important things that a man can have, the man can do, a man can be. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this. So uh, as some of you may see, <clears throat> I'm wearing socks and sandals, okay? There's been backlash against people who wear socks and sandals. There's been posts about people who wear socks and sandals. There's been a general concern for people who wear socks and sandals. I, I would like to uh, speak on behalf of my people here. I often wear socks and sandals. Often the uh, socks mismatch. This is no exception. I just think it's so funny that people think their comments can hurt us. I think it's so funny when people think their comments can get to us. Because if a person is wearing socks and sandals, they are beyond reproach. They cannot be hurt by your words. They have been hurt by the world. Do you understand me? The Socks and Sandals community is one of the most resilient groups of people known to man. Okay? You think you think you're gonna hurt us? We walked out of the house like this. Do you think the opinions of anyone matter to us? Do you think we can be even mildly affected by your negativity? We are wearing an open closed-toed shoe. Do you know how crazy we are? We can't be touched by human niceties, okay? So get that, get that out of my face. Do you understand me? Oh, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for uh, the comments. Please keep those coming and keep liking the page. It, uh, It always really helps. Or liking the video, it really helps. Do I wear jorts? That's a great question in the chat. Um... I don't wear jorts. I'm a huge fan of jorts. I love jorts. If you're going to wear jorts, uh, jean shorts, uh, for the lay people, for the people who have never been to a music festival in the 90s, to people who have never listened to Insane Clown Posse or Limp Bizkit. But I I do believe jean shorts are coming back in a big way for men. You know, it's... uh, Jean shorts have always been kind of fine for women to wear because they're they're a little bit tight. They get a little fringed. You can see a little bit of the bottom of the ass. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? This is still America, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I've never worn jean shorts, but I feel like they're a very powerful piece of clothing. Jean shorts tells the world um, either I'm so good at my job, I don't have to worry about what I wear, or I'm incredibly unemployed. Those are the two extremes of jean shorts. Jean shorts are won by either a guy who is so proficient at his manual labor job, he can wear whatever into work, he'll vape while on a forklift, and he'll operate it perfectly. Or it's a guy who is so unemployed 
even even the government is like, we're just going to kind of give you some money. We don't want you on the workforce. You're too scary. That's what jean shorts say about a person. Jean shorts are a great piece of clothing, okay? I don't I don't want to <coughs> I don't want to sound jean shorts negative here. I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing jean shorts. They are an awesome. If you're a guy and you wear jean shorts, I assume you can punch really hard. I assume that your cardio is bad, but you can punch really hard. That's what that's what I'll say about jean shorts. I think that um Oh, uh, somebody said not the socks and sandals theory. Listen, any piece of clothing, there's a lot of connection. There's a lot of uh, things that come uh, with it. And I I always know everything when it comes to what a piece of clothing says about a person. So it's important for you to know all of my opinions on this subject are crystal clear and perfect in every single way. So thank you for the questions. That's what Jean Short says about you. That's what socks and sandals says about you. Um, we got a question here and i take the questions in order so go ahead and ask them if you have them and i'll get to them eventually uh this one says i'm sorry one moment this one says uh what up dan hey what up hey what up um what up dan uh sorry i lost it as AI evolves do you think that it will ever be able to generate comedy that is actually funny absolutely Absolutely. I, I do think AI will eventually be able to generate comedy that's funny. Um, I think that it's going to really change the fabric of comedy in a big way. And I think that people are going to have to start making the conscious decision to choose uh, things made by people. And uh, I hope you're already doing that, okay? If you're, if you're not, um, you should maybe rethink that. Because things are going to get a little funky and a little bit weird. The thing I will say about uh, AI is, while it may possibly be able to generate jokes, I think that stand-up comedy is going to be one of the last thing that's touched by it. Maybe, maybe it will. Here's the issue with AI: is all of us, I hope, all of the people watching this live, agree that people need to be employed and people shouldn't lose their jobs in mass. And people are generally good. The issue is those are not the people developing AI. The people developing AI are people who, uh, in their core, in their souls, some of them. Now, now some people uh, who are developing AI uh, definitely are fine people and they're just very focused on their job. I'm talking about the people who want AI to take the world over. Uh, those are people that don't really like humanity in their soul. And that's an issue. Right. That's always going to be an issue. Uh, a lot of people have asked me if I am concerned about AI taking my job or taking the revenue that I've accrued uh, from comedy. And um, I like to say this. The smaller something is, the harder it is to take. <laughs> the smaller something is, the harder it is to take. So really... I'm I'm a, not to say I'm a little untouchable because there's not a lot to touch. I, taking AI taking my job is like playing freeze tag with a mouse. OK, you want to come after something this small? You're going to have to burrow through some holes. All right. You're going to have to get to some small spaces. You know what I mean? But uh, great question. Uh, I love the question and I appreciate it. Will you ever get a different haircut, or is it part of your persona? I don't think I have a persona. I don't. Uh, I don't associate myself with the haircut. For now, this is my favorite haircut, and maybe tomorrow that'll change, and I'll change the haircut. That's a great thing about not being an actor uh, is you get to do whatever you want when you're in comedy. I I do like having a mullet. I like what it signifies. A mullet. This is this is something very interesting about a mullet. Wherever I am. People feel as though it makes sense when you have a mullet. Unless you're in a job interview, which I never am, so that's not a big deal. If I'm in, uh, let's say, Iowa, which I am performing, Des Moines, Iowa, get your tickets in the link tree in the bio there. 
I'm performing in Des Moines, Iowa. So if I wear a mullet in Des Moines, Iowa, they go, that makes sense. And if I'm in the most liberal, leftist, what uh, potluck event where they're doing poetry, uh, I also make sense because there's people with mullets on both sides. So I like being able to exist on both ends of a fringe. So that's why I enjoy the mullet. Here's another thing in the chat. Impressed with your comedy and philosophy. I appreciate that. Why do you embrace the facial hair? Is it warm? Is it secure? The mustache is very warm. The mustache is very secure. The mustache is very popular nowadays. The good news about that is even though it is popular, it is much like stand-up comedy in that it became very popular, but not a lot of people can manage it. So even though a lot of people are going after the mustache look, even though a lot of people are going after the facial hair, I think a lot of people will drop off from it because their girlfriends get mad. The mustache is very polarizing when it comes to girlfriends, I feel. Mustache is either uh, a very positive in uh, in relationships, a huge positive. When women see that you have it, they get excited. You remind them of their worst uncle. Or they beg you to shave it off. And either way, it is a huge bargaining chip. If your girlfriend, If your girlfriend loves your mustache, great. If your girlfriend hates your mustache, guess what? You got a bargaining chip. Oh, you want me to shave the mustache? Well, uh, this weekend, we, we're we going to go to the beach I want to go to. So, that's how I feel about it. Oh, thank you for the donation, Haley. Haley, you are strong and powerful and will never be stopped. Hello from Texas. Hello from Texas. Let me tell you something about Texas. I've been to Texas. Uh... Three times now. Houston, Austin, Dallas. I really, really want to see more of Texas. Texas is such a funny place. Austin is unfortunately now in many ways being run amok or people are running... I'm sorry, the words aren't aren't reaching me today very well. Tech people are running amok in Austin and doing the tech people things. They're driving up real estate prices. They're driving up uh, the cost of tacos, which that that is one of the gravest injustices that those people have perpetrated on communities is the level to which they have driven up the average taco price is insane. I know this might fall on deaf ears for some listening because maybe there's not tacos in your area, but it is a tragedy when you go to a place and there are $5 tacos. I'm talking $5 per taco, by the way, folks. But Texas is so fun. I had a lot of fun when I was there. Uh, The people there are crazy in a way that I appreciate and it is certainly an enigma. Someone said, you need to come to San Antonio. Uh, you could be San San and Dan. Oh, my God. Folks, Dan Antonio. You're going to get it. You're going to write. Oh, man. San and Dan. Dan Antonio is right there. Dan Antonio is right in front of you. How could you miss it? It was there to grasp. It was at your fingertips. And you missed it. You fumbled it. How could you do it? It's unfortunate. Um, you recently posted a personal video on following your passion i felt it could be required reading for young people that's so kind of you to say um i i do appreciate you saying that absolutely not nothing i ever do should ever be required for young people i am very happy with the fact that i reach almost zero young people my demographics 
because well, I, I can see it from the social media platforms that give it to you. My demographics skew insanely heavily in the 24 to 34 age range. I am blessed beyond belief that that is my age range. For many, number one, those people can buy tickets. Those people can go to bars. Those people have lived a life. Okay? It is a blessing beyond measure when the people who follow you have actually lived a real life. They've had real life experiences. They're not going to misinterpret something you say. They're not going to freak out at something small. It's it's just such a... I have friends, and they're good friends, and they're fine. They're good people, these friends that I'm about to talk about. And just by chance, by circumstance, by the way the dice rolled, they ended up appealing to a younger age range. If you have people who are like 16, 17, 18, and that's your main demographic, monetarily, there's some positives to that, right? They'll grow to buyers or whatever. They'll spend their parents' money on your stuff, I guess. But God, I can't imagine like doing a stand-up comedy show and people waiting outside and being like, I can't get in because it's 21 plus. Nightmare. The stuff of nightmares. That gives me anxiety. I like a person. I like, and any if you follow me, you're great. If you follow me, I appreciate you. But I will say I am very happy that the bulk of my followers have have had uh, worked bad jobs, have had bad bosses, have gone through at least one earth-shattering breakup, and understand the fabric of humanity in a way. Because I don't think younger people really have that a lot. So I'll say I, I appreciate the sentiment of what you're saying, but also I'm very glad that uh, not a lot of kids watch my stuff you know what i mean no no and people in the chat are going oh i'm i'm old i'm too old for this you you're absolutely not you are absolutely not you are uh, perfect and please keep watching the videos cuz i need you i need you in case for some reason a, b- a bunch of younger people a bunch of people who are 20 21 22 start following me i need you there to keep them in line um thank you Bob Webb for the donation. Before we get another question in the chat, I wanted to tell you guys a little story and I'm very excited for this. Um I'm booking more and more stand up as time goes on, which I'm extremely excited about. We might even have a tour coming up. Can you imagine that? Can you believe that? Something happened very recently that warmed my heart, and this is a story that I try to reiterate as time goes on because it is very important for me to make clear to all of you watching and listening. I did a stand-up comedy show. At the show, I, I go up in like the middle of the lineup. I do 10, 15 minutes. It's really fun. I felt at this show in particular so loose on stage. I felt so just happy to be, which I'm always happy to be there. The the trick to almost anything is if you can find a way to will yourself to have fun while you're doing it, you're so far ahead of almost anyone else. People can feel joy in your work. Whatever it is, people can feel joy in your work. If you're working a job that you don't really like, that's totally fine. You don't need to focus on that. If you don't think you're going to be doing it in the future, that's fine. But if you can muster even a little bit of joy in the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, it really does change everything. 
and I was able to muster a little bit more, a little bit of extra joy. Um, and oh, for I'm sorry to derail, but for the people uh, telling me cities that they would like me to perform, I'd love to perform in your cities too. In that link tree that is in the description to this video, it says link tree. Click on that. Go to uh, want me to perform in your city. It says something like that. It's one of the links there. Click on that. Fill out your information. You will get an email when I am in your city. So please join that email list. It's growing every day, and it allows me to tour and allows me to let you know when I'm in your city. Um, anyway. So I had such a fun set. I had a great time. And I get off stage. And I'm just hanging out talking to the other comics. <clears throat> and as I'm talking to this comic, uh, I see a, a person. Uh, it's a, a, two people, actually. It's a man and a woman. And they're kind of standing off to the side. Almost like they wanted to talk to me. But I, I, in my head, I'm always, I always assume no one wants to talk to me. In my head, my, my baseline assumption is no one wants to talk to me. At very most, they will be asking me where the bathroom is, right? So, I don't really, uh, I don't really look at them that much. Uh, I like glance over a couple times, and then eventually, I don't know why, uh, I don't know what led me to this decision, but I turn to them and I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" And uh, the guy goes, "Hey, I'm so sorry. He's so he was the sweetest." He was like really warm my heart. He goes, hey, I'm so sorry. I've seen your videos online. I just wanted to say hi. Guys, if you see me after a show and I'm standing there, even if I'm talking to another comic, please say hi. It, and I understand because I'm that way too. I'm that same way. It happens so rarely. Truly. I, this isn't me, like, whatever, diminishing myself. It happens so rarely, and it gives me so much juice. When I say juice, I mean, like, when I wake up in the morning. Sometimes, you know, you need to find motivation to do the work that you know you have to do to write the stand-up, to make the video, whatever it is. Whatever silly thing it is for me, and you have your own personal thing. That's just manna from heaven for me. If if you see me at a show, or in you rec or whatever, if you s interrupt me, maybe this will change eventually. Go ahead and interrupt me when I'm eating a meal, please, for the love of God. <laughs> that would be awesome. It did. It made my life awesome. It made me so happy. Um, I. I will I will always happily be bothered. If you think you're bothering me, which you're not, you're never bothering me, but if you think you're bothering me, I am happy to be bothered. If that changes, I'll be sure to let you know. But right now, I am happy to be. Also, the people who follow me, which I'm so happy it's been curated this way, are always very normal and nice. What a blessing. I have so many friends where they have a bunch of followers, but all their followers are uh, crazy. And some of you are crazy. Don't think because you're listening to this you're not crazy. I don't want to diminish how crazy you are. But I am very lucky in that way, so f please, feel free. If you see me at a show, if you see me outside of a show, if you see just any guy with a mustache and a mullet, go up to him and say, are you Dan Donahue? And if he says no, get, start yelling at him. Um, will I go to the New York, uh, Albany funny bone? You know something about New York or uh, not? Sorry. Something about funny bones. Funny bones are a, a chain of clubs. And I want to tell you guys about one of the funny bones. This just, this is, this is how the podcast goes is sometimes the chat will give me a direct question that I'll answer. And sometimes the chat gives me something to just kind of shoot off from. I started comedy in Western Massachusetts. Western Massachusetts is very close to the state of Connecticut. Now, Connecticut 
What a state. Connecticut is a very st- – Connecticut could be its own country. If Connecticut wanted to break off from the country of the United States, there could be a conversation had. There was a conversation a while ago, which I think these conversations are obviously very stupid and do not help the conversation of this country. But there was a conversation about California seceding from the union, of Texas seceding from the union. We're going to, yeah, like that works. Hey, folks, that was tried. Doesn't, let's not do that, huh? But these conversations have been had. Um, the only place that has a case to be made for, uh, breaking off and becoming its own country is actually Connecticut. Because, and keep the high, the highway remains international territory. The rest of Connecticut becomes its own country. That's not to take away from the people of Connecticut. If you live there, you love it there. That's great. Connecticut just needs to figure it 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 needs to figure itself out. Connecticut needs to figure out what it is. Okay? Because even when you talk to people, half the people will be like, "Oh, Connecticut, are you re-? like if if you tell someone you're from Connecticut, which I'm not, but I've heard I, I have friends who are from Connecticut and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm from Connecticut." Half of the people will be like, "Oh, Connecticut, what are you rich?" And then half of the people will be like, "Oh my god, Connecticut, I'm so sorry. Are you okay?" Connecticut just has no clue what it is as a state, which is very unfortunate. So I would go to Connecticut very often. And it's a long drive. So I would drive with other comedians from Western Massachusetts. People who are pursuing stand-up comedy in Western Massachusetts are either people who will eventually move or... People who have consigned themselves to live in Western Massachusetts and pursue a stand-up comedy career. Uh, These are some of the strangest people you'll ever meet. These are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. These are some of the most interesting people you'll ever meet, right? So I would drive down with some of these comics to the Connecticut Funny Bone. The Connecticut Funny Bone is a comedy club located inside of a mall. In, not not in a strip mall where it's its own little thing. You're walking through the mall. You see Dave and Buster's. You see Claire's. You see the Funny Bone. You see Auntie Anne's pretzels. And that's where it is proposed that we should perform art. If you want to call stand-up comedy art, which I don't, Stand-up comedy, to me, is at the intersection of art and craft. It's kind of arts and crafts. It's both an art and a, like, functional kind of craft, which is, I mean, a lot of arts are like that. And I I feel as though when you walk into a mall, your first thought is not, I cannot wait to share and express my art here. Anyway, long story short. I go into the Funny Bone one night, and there are security guards there, like a number of security guards. The reason being is Connecticut is sort of a, you know, a a bit of a rougher place, Uh, and especially that area, it has its good, it it has its bad, right? I note that there's a high level of security there. It's my first time there, and I'm performing at the open mic. An open mic is a situation where you are able to simply sign your name on a piece of paper. And if you are lucky enough to get up, you are allowed to perform in front of a bunch of people. Now, I want you to really take that in because a lot of you may understand what that means. But I want you to feel what that means. By virtue of you simply being able to put your name on a piece of paper, you may have the opportunity to grab a microphone and talk to a room of 150, 200 people in this situation. It's crazy, and it attracts crazy people. On this night, I'm super nervous. 
This is the most people I could possibly perform in front of at that time. It would be, if I got up on that stage, it would be the most people I performed in front of in my entire career by four or five times over. I'm even more excited when I look at the list. And for some reason, I have no idea why. But for some reason, the number two spot on the list is not taken. People show up to sign up for this mic as early as 1 p.m. and the mic starts at 8 p.m. People are waiting in line for eight hours to sign up for this mic. I showed up at like five or six. There were 50, 60 names on this list. And number two is wide open. This is a gift from God. I hope you stay with me for this story because it's a good one. I sign up on the number two spot of this list. And I'm shaking. I'm so nervous. I'm so ready to perform. I was so nervous, I didn't notice the first name on the list. I learned the first name on the list was a guy who signed up as Jumpin' Man. Jump, J-U-M-P-I-N space M-A-N. Jumpin' Man. I didn't care. I was ready to go up and do my thing. When you're the next comic up, you wait backstage. It's the only time you're allowed backstage at the Funny Bone is when you're the next comic up. So I go backstage, and there's a guy there. Let me try to describe this guy. He's wearing jeans that are four or five sizes too big for him. They're gigantic. They're held up with a belt. He's wearing, if not uh, flip-flops, then nothing on his feet. He has a crop top on, crop top, a tank top. And he is um, unstable, let's say. Jumpin' Man is very unstable. I'm in a bad position. Because... I realize I will have to I realize why people didn't sign up in the number 2 spot because going up after someone like this kind of hard to reset the room and you only have 2 minutes on stage. So, I understand that this is probably why no one signed up in that number 2 spot. But I go whatever. You know what? I'll learn. I've been doing comedy 6 months. I'm a professional. I can figure this out. The host goes up, does a little bit of stage time, brings up Jumpin' Man. Jumpin' Man does not do any jokes. Can you believe that? Jumpin' Man instead jumps up and down on stage and makes caveman-like noises. Big surprise from Jumpin' Man. Like, uh, when I say caveman-like noises, it's like... Like that, that. Those are the noises he's making. So we all get two minutes, but the club decides Jumpin' Man's act is a little bit too uncomfortable, and they cut the mic. So the person in the sound booth cuts the mic, and Jumpin' Man deals with uh, this by throwing the mic as hard as he can on the ground and destroying the mic. Some of you may be thinking, well, that's unfortunate, but no big deal. Surely a comedy club has another mic. No. They removed Jumpin' Man. The security guards I mentioned before removed Jumpin' Man. The host speaks to the manager I believe of the club for a few minutes and comes on stage without a microphone and says okay we're gonna keep doing the mic but we don't have a mic so the next 
the people who come up now are going to be uh, without a microphone. So everyone in the crowd, please be quiet and respectful. And please welcome Dan Donahue. They didn't tell me this. And I don't know if you know anything about stand-up comedy, and it's okay if you don't. You're probably living a good life if you don't. Uh, Mike is one of the one of the one things you need to perform stand-up comedy. <laughs> a microphone is truly one of the one things that you need to perform stand-up comedy. So um, I bomb as hard as you can. People started talking during my set. I'm yelling during my set to uh, try to like and it was only two minutes so it didn't feel that bad it's not that bad to bomb for two minutes but it was a long two minutes jokes jokes sound good in a microphone they don't sound good when you're like and that's why my mom is weird (laughs) I always thank jumping man I always thank jumping man I always thank what he did for my career because he made me realize that uh, the world doesn't want you to succeed and the world doesn't want you to fail. The world is indifferent to your plights and desires. You need to carve what you want out of an indifferent world. Jumping man is the chaos of life. Jumping man is particles bouncing off of each other at random intervals since the beginning of time. Okay? And those particles bouncing left and right, to and fro, led us to Jumpin' Man. I would be remiss. And I don't even know what that means. So I'm not even going to use it. I'm going to say something else that I do know what it means. Um, I would be dishonest if I said that I felt like the world conspired to help me with stand-up comedy. Uh, I wanted to do it, and luckily that sort of momentum will eventually carry... Uh, more things with it as time goes on, right? The, when you want something and you go after it full force and you have the passion and desire to keep going forward with it, it's very much like a current. You know when you try to start a whirlpool in a pool? You try that just by yourself. You do one circle around the pool. Water doesn't move. Water doesn't do anything. You feel like an idiot for doing it. Two or three laps, still nothing. You're like, well, I'll I'll quit. Four or five laps, hey, things are starting to move. Now the pool toys are starting to move, right? Things are starting to kind of conspire with the thing you're doing just because you've kind of made it a normal part of your life. And then eventually, you have this huge current, this huge tide moving. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're trying to start a whirlpool. And, you know, I think that's nice. Someone just asked, do factory workers... Um, do factory workers what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say factory workers do. I'm going to say factory workers absolutely do. Someone in the chat just asked, is that a wig? And then they said, your hands look large. Well, uh, those are normal things to say, and I'm going to address them. But let me just say, those things that you just said, very normal, and it's good that you said them. I don't think you as a person who just commented that hear that enough. But let me just say, the things you just said were normal, and it's good that you said them. This is not a wig. I am very bad at telling when people are wearing wigs. It's a thing I am specifically bad at. When women point out another woman woman and go, oh, she's wearing a weave, I'm like, how could you tell? It could be the worst weave ever. It could be a weave made of asbestos. And I would be like, oh my God, a gorgeous princess? I can't tell. I can't. 
it could be the it could be a weave made of uh made of sponges and rat tails and i would be like oh my god is that rapunzel over there <laughs> i can never tell i can never tell when someone is wearing a wig i can never tell when someone has weave it's just not a thing i was recently able to tell when someone has press on nails i just it's not a world i live in it's uh it's not an aesthetic universe in which i reside so i'm not wearing a wig I uh I don't know when anyone else is wearing a wig. And yeah. That's uh that's the whole and half of that. I don't know if I would ever wear a wig, you know? I'm not I'm not going to keep it out of the realm of possibility. If I start going bald, I think I would wear a wig and I think I would be open about wearing a wig because it would be too funny to to know. I would like if I was wearing a wig, I feel like I would just keep taking it off just to mess with people. You know, I would be like, how do you do? You know, I would just I, I just couldn't help it. It would be hard to not be silly when it comes to taking the wig off. I wonder if guys who uh, guys who wear wigs. I, I always wonder if it's a really good, like, high-quality wig, do you do they have, like, the kind of mannequin heads that some women have? Because I've seen that in movies, but I've never seen one of those in real life where it's, like, a place that you put the wig at night and you tuck it in and you pet it and you tell it good job and then you go to bed. I wonder... I feel like wigs are less popular now. I feel like people are mostly just taking flights to Turkey and coming back with thick, luscious locks of hair. That became very popular. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, many, many people uh, will go to Turkey specifically. I don't know why. I don't know why Turkey is the place for this. But I've personally had friends take flights to Istanbul and, oh, if you're going to Istanbul, 9 out of 10 times, you're coming back different. You're coming back with thick hair or a big fat ass. What can be said? You know, that, that kind of make makes Insta- Istanbul, in its own way, a very magical place. Because not, not just because it's a area that's, you know, steeped in history and, uh, you know, interesting things. It's also a place where... When you go and you come back, you are tangibly different. Now, if you go somewhere like Thailand, right? Or if you go somewhere notoriously beautiful like Iceland, you go to Reykjavik and you come back and you go, oh my God, it was so lovely. I can't believe the sky can look like that. You know what my question to you is? Hmm, interesting. How, are your breasts any bigger? Then how good was the trip? You know, if you're a guy and you come back and you go, oh my God, Thailand was awesome. I go, really? Thailand was awesome? Did you get your shins broken and then elongated so you're you're medically taller now? And if you go, no, I go, I don't know how fun that vacation actually was. Let me see. Oh, what's this? One second. Okay, we're going into the chat again. Um. <laughs> okay. Someone said. Oh, the girl who goes there three times a year. I've never heard of someone going there three times a year. Um. That seems excessive. I don't think anyone gets that much. If someone's going to Turkey three times a year, you should just live in Turkey. <laughs> just move, move there. Move there. You'd be happier. You get strong coffee, and you get whatever whatever cosmetic surgery you want. Oh, this is a great, great. Uh, someone uh, added this to the chat, which I'm very happy about. 
Hey, Dan, either reposition the camera or wear longer shorts. Thanks. Um, great comment. Great addition to the chat. Uh, so let me address this in uh, two parts. Part number one, shut. Okay, so that's, I'm going to address this in two different, two, two different stages, right? Part number one, shut. And now we're going to go into part number two, okay? So part number one, shut. Part number two, up. Okay? And I want you to merge those two parts. All right? So just to reiterate, part number one is going to be shut. I hope you're staying with me. Part number two is going to be up. I want you to put those two parts together. I hope that addresses what you were trying to say. I hope that addresses what you're saying. Um, Sub Dan just jumping by to say, wh wait, what? What are you jumping by to say? To say you do you do shit, you do shit. Thank you so much. You are also does shit. I appreciate that. I appreciate that extensively. Someone was just recommending Columbia for stem cell treatments. Yeah, you gotta, I, you know, it makes perfect sense that certain uh, countries other than the United States would have uh, maybe cheaper, maybe more accessible medical treatments. But it is crazy because people see the United States as like the gold standard for medicine. I'm, here's the thing. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't think that someone randomly getting cancer should uh, destroy their life and the life of their entire family due to bills and costs incurred. So I believe in at least somewhat of a universal health care system. And people in the chat will go, oh, that's not feasible. That doesn't make sense. Aren't we the country that figures it out? If if you're one of the people who's who's like free market capitalism, innovation will be the key to all of blah, 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 blah. it's like oh, okay. So what you're saying is you have a great amount of trust in the innovation of this country. So won't we be able to figure it out when it comes to universal health care? What or or maybe you don't have any faith. In the, I personally have faith in this country, okay? I personally have faith that we could figure out some form of a universal health care system where it doesn't ruin your life when someone smashes into you on the freeway or when you get some form of horrible cancer because that's hard enough to deal with. And the fact that we live in a system where we're also like, sorry about the cancer, $500,000, please, doesn't seem right, does it? Seems like there's maybe a flaw to that system. And that's just me. That's just how I feel. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit kooky for thinking that, but I just feel and the, and and this might mark me as a persona non grata in certain circles, but I just think that when a mother a single mother of 3 who can't afford uh, health insurance, gets sick, we might want to have her back as a country. You know? That's just how I personally feel. Any hoozle. In Australia, we don't worry about becoming homeless if we are sick. That's... Hey, I... And again... Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think that's good. <laughs> call call me and call me a nut on the side of the road, but I personally think that's a good thing. Okay? I would also, by the way, this is a departure from what I was talking about before. When I'm thinking about places to go on tour, when I'm thinking about places to perform, when I'm thinking about places uh, that I would like to do stand-up, Australia is so high on that list, it's crazy. I want to go to Australia so bad. 
and uh, there are many, many ways that. Uh... Oh, someone's yelling outside, which happens a lot. There is a uh, there's a huge uh, push. I f- I feel to um, to get me to Australia. I, I know that that's a little. Uh, conceited sounding but a lot of people are commenting on my videos and telling me to go to australia i want to go so bad i want to ride a kangaroo okay i want to i want to ride a kangaroo i want to kind of hang out with a wallaby i want to sit down and discuss things with a wallaby i want to have a cigarette with a wallaby you know i want to just kind of relax with a wallaby that's just how I feel. Hopefully, we'll figure that out. Hopefully, we'll figure out me going to Australia. Um, now people are arguing in the chat about, you know what? That's good. It's good. Let's have some open conversations about the healthcare system. I am the person to facilitate this conversation. A stand-up comedian with uh, no real job who does part-time personal training to stay afloat. I am the guy. I am the guy to facilitate this conversation. Um what else? Oh. I was late today for something. I wanted to talk about this. I was late to a meeting. I had a meeting. I'm not going to, I can't go into detail about what the meeting was about, but very good things are happening. I'll say that. Thanks to you guys. Very good things are happening. And so I, I had a meeting. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like uh, the Beverly Hillbillies rolled up to a big old be- uh, building, had a meeting. And you know, for the one meeting that I had, for the one important thing in my life, I was late. I don't deal with being late very well. Some people are great at being late. Some people are perfect at being late. Some people are awesome at not being somewhere on time. I am not one of those people. I am really, really bad at deal. When I say dealing with it, everybody's late sometimes, right? We're all we all show up to places at at a whatever. We got into traffic. We got a flat tire some people are good at handling that they know how to handle it they they show up they go sorry about that and then they they brush past and they move on this is a big issue with not only me but with many many people where when we do something wrong it's not just that we did something wrong it's that we handle it very poorly where we do something wrong and then we can't get off of it we can't let it go we have to keep, it's like a sore on the top of your mouth. You just got to keep moving your tongue up and down it. It's bad. So I show up to this place and I go, I'm, I'm so sorry. And they're like, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Hey, sit down. Let's talk. We start talking. Five minutes into the conversation, I'm like, and again, I, I'm like so sorry. Now I've made everyone uncomfortable. Also, People don't, they wouldn't have really noticed that. Like, they would have noticed, but they wouldn't have really cared if I was late. They would have probably been like, oh, you, okay, like, you're late. Yeah, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. I was 15 minutes late. I couldn't shut up about it. It, I, I just got me so far off of, off track. It was nuts. And I just, I just don't want to be. I guess it's it's whatever our personalities are, right? We base our personalities kind of off of these things that we hold sacred a lot of the time. And for me, being on time is just something I kind of hold sacred. I'm like, this is a thing that I really want to be a part of my personality, right? I want this thing to be something I'm known for. I want this thing to be something that people go, oh, Dan, Dan's the guy who's on time. It's hard when it's not. Oh, this is so funny. Someone just commented, I hope this, I hope just streaming this helps you somehow. I'm at work and it's on mute and I can't pay too close attention 
to the subtitles, but I think you are hilarious, and so here we are. Let me tell you something. Not only does it help, that, uh, that really makes me feel kind of incredible that you would do that for me. That's a that's an insane act of kindness towards me that I, I appreciate in a huge way. And from the bottom of my heart, uh, I want to say two things. Uh, number one, it's very meaningful to me that you uh, like my stuff enough where you would stream this, you know, just because, it, and it does, but just because it helps, just because it assists me in uh, whatever, the, my my metrics or whatever. Uh, and number two, I would like to say, relax, relax at your job. You know what? Hey, you work hard enough. Take some time off. All right. Pop, pop in. You know what I'm saying, player? What, where, where do you work? The, uh, the everyone needs your attention store. I don't think so. All right. Cut it off. Cut it out. Cut it out. All right. You're working too hard. Take a break. If your job doesn't allow you to join a live stream at will at any point in the day, negotiate for more money. Because if that's the if that's the case in your work, they're not paying you enough. If you can't join my live stream due to your job, you deserve six figures and that's just the and that's just the beginning. That's just the tippy the iceberg. Oh, what is your favorite comedy movie? God, there's so many. I I, I really love you know what the best comedy movies are? Oh, I wanted to talk about this. You know what the best comedy movies are? Super stylized action movies. Unintentional. If you are watching this right now, there's about 50 of you. Watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh, you need to watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. He is the most amazing performer in maybe the history of humanity. He is a insane Dutch, I think, guy who is a good kickboxer who got into movies. He's jacked as all get out. Okay? He's always glistening. He's he's he has a small coat of sweat at all time. He has just just beads of sweat at top to bottom, at every single point of the day. And his shirt will come off in moments you don't even, you can't even fathom it even happening in a movie. He'll be in a movie in the divorce, like in divorce court, and then the camera will go to him and his shirt's off. And you're like, what? And then he's just doing a split, and you're like, this is crazy. And also, I can't stop watching. Belgium. I'm sorry, he's from Belgium. My fault. What What is a bel a Belge? How do you? What's a person for Belgium? I don't know, but I would really like to know uh, what someone from Belgium is referred to as. If someone can look that up for me, please, I would really appreciate it. Um. But yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme, his movies are the funniest movies ever. You can't go wrong. Pick any one of them. He He's so hilarious. He almost never, he never seems to know what's going on, but he's always very passionate about whatever is going on. He's Belgian. Of course it's Belgian. He's a Belgian from Belgium. I hope I really do, and I'm I'm only half kidding here. I hope a Belge isn't a uh, isn't offensive, because I didn't mean it. I was truly just trying to find the word for someone from Belgium. And I'll leave this up, even if that is the case, because you know what? We need to put out our mistakes too. 
Oh, this is an interesting question. Have you ever tried hot yoga? And if so, did you like it? I did like it. I have tried it. It's it's very intense. I really liked it. It attracts uh, crazy people. So if you're into being in a room full of crazy people and you're all sweating, then it's for you. If you like that idea, uh, if that sounds appealing, then it's for you. I went for a while. Um, I, I did a month straight, 30 classes, 30 days. It was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I couldn't walk straight, but you're just, it almost, you know what? I would say the only issue I have with it, it might be too intense. It might make me feel a little bit too intensely good. There's a limit to how good you should feel on a day. I'm a, I was a little too loose. My boss would be like, hey, Dan, you have you have to clean. And I'm like, it's already clean, baby. Whole world's clean if you look at it right. Bikram will get you fired is what I'm saying. But it is very nice. I do really like it. Um, anyway, that's the live. Thank you all so much for joining. Again, if you want to support me, um, you can feel free to join the Patreon. The link is in the description. If uh, It's $5 a month. For all my free stuff, look at my link tree. It gives you every episode of the podcast. It gives you tickets to shows. You can go to my other social media platforms. You can subscribe to the YouTube. It all helps immensely, and uh, I appreciate it immensely. So uh, let me just say thank you all for watching. And uh, this will be posted afterwards, so you can watch the whole thing on Facebook. And I'll post the higher quality video on YouTube. So subscribe to my YouTube if you want the high-quality version. If you're cool with this version, stick to here. Either way, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Have a good one.